The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Heat Check, shockingly, alarmingly, Trader Danny Ainge has come out of retirement to take the job as a new GM. I could not be happier for this news, and I'll tell you why on the episode. Uh, I am right again, of course, and Celtics fans are wrong again. We get in now to how he became CEO and president and what it means for the Portland Trailblazers, and we also detail in excruciatingly detail Steph's historic night and how he is now, well, we already knew, the greatest shooter in NBA history and probably forever after. And so maybe it's his father, Dell. Like, also, still shooting. Dell Curry, still shooting. All right, Brock, let's get into it. But it's really about Portland. Um, Utah Jazz announced that they are going to be hiring Danny Ainge as not only alternate governor, but CEO of the team. Good job. Good job, Utah Jazz. Congratulations to uh, never working in the NBA again. Uh, Just taking some time for my personal health and wellness, Danny Ainge. Somehow he has made a full recovery in less than six months. Um, This is according to the Woj. This is the bomb. This is the sound of the Woj bomb. Ainge will oversee basketball, and Justin Zanuck will remain GM. I have two things to say. One, I told you so. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yes, I did. I tried to tell Celtics fans this was a lie. When Danny Ainge retired, I was like, he was fired. You know, it's done. It's done for Danny Ainge. And the world's like, no, he he was not feeling well. He had some health issues. He had a heart thing. This is Urban Meyer, folks. This is what we're talking about. This is now, six months later, he's CEO of the Utah Jazz. What? You th- Come on now. And all you Boston fans are like, yeah, he's never going to work again. This is the end of Danny Ainge. This is what he said. This is what he's tried to peddle to us because he's a fucking peddler. That he, this is what, like, why they call him Trader Danny. When I had, quote, when I had health issues two years ago in the playoffs, I started thinking about it. Play dramatic music. You're surrounded by your six children in the hospital, and they're saying, hey, 
He's doing some business. Hey, you need to quit doing this for work. It's causing you too much stress. That's probably when I started thinking about retirement, he explained. (laughs) He said his health was more important. He needed to be with his family. And then he goes, yeah, then these two last year, two years have been tough. In the bubble, all these rules, all these scrutiny and protocols keeping us safe that I've had to go through has not made it as much fun. Wait, you mean a pandemic took the fun away, Danny? I had to trust my instincts. My instincts told me a couple of months ago it was time for me to move on. The fact that nobody was trading with you probably was an indication that it was time to move on. He said this. This is when you knew it was a lie. I don't know what my future holds. I don't have any plans. I don't have any plans right now, but I'm thinking about retirement. When somebody retires, they're like, there is no plans. It's just me and the golf course and the world as my oyster. I might take up painting. But when he says, I'm not sure what my future holds, he already knows he's got some things in the works. So me, as a pessimist, which I am, reading between the lines, it to me meant this was not the last time. This is not the last that we had seen of Danny Ainge. He would pop up like a little whack-a-mole some other place, getting a new chance, new places to fleece other GMs. And my radar was ultra high. As someone who is a Portland Trailblazer fan, knowing we were on the ropes, I knew there was a possibility uh, that Danny Ainge might come back to the Rose City, where he grew up, where he played. Danny Ainge... He loves talking about how he's from Portland. And automatically people are like, ooh, rumors swirling about Danny Ainge, maybe the new GM in Portland. And thank God, thank Jesus, thank the Latter-day Saints that Mormonism is stronger than any other affiliation. (laughs) That damn polygamy, I tell you what, it's strong. I tell you what, it causes you to go places. Who cares? Hometown, doesn't matter. Coffee, doesn't matter. Polygamy, it rules all. And now, now Mormon Danny goes back to Mormonville without any Starbucks around, and he gets to fucking lead the Mormon troops into battle. Thank fucking God. I tell you what, I tweeted this today. The best news is knowing that Danny Ainge is now hired. When we're in the middle of a GM search, we now cannot hire Danny Ainge. Thank fucking God. I tell you what, like, when the world is thinking about chaos, and they are, like, we're, we're very wounded right now. We are a wounded animal, and Danny Ainge would be the final stake in the heart of us that would kill us as a franchise, truthfully. Like, it would be an immediate jolt. Fans would get excited. Hometown hero goes back to Portland, and then we would slowly die. Just drip, drip, drip. Drip, drip. Everybody knows he wasn't good. Like, outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like, what has Danny Ainge really done? Couldn't trade for shit. He got Evan Fournier, got fleeced. Couldn't get Vucevic, they said no. Couldn't get Aaron Gordon, they said no. So he got Evan Fournier, the third best Orlando Magic, and he used up all of his taxpayer exception for Evan Fournier, who didn't even end up staying, who later became a New York Knick. Gross. He got Kemba Walker who ended up being washed. Like, Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is not good. He's not a great talent evaluator. He's always trying to fleece everyone. 
And so people are tired of his games, and they don't want to do any deals with him. Listen, I already had Neil Olshay, the people they want to do deals with. I don't want to do that again. I want someone with fresh slate. You know when they, in politics, they're like, oh, we can't have this guy because we know his record on this. You know, like Joe Cronin, Joe Cronin doesn't even have a record. Like, I, there's nothing to even attack Joe Cronin on. Like, you could, Joe Cronin could do some deals, boy. And thank God we now have news. Damian Lillard came on the record last night to Jared Greenberg of TNT, and he put out this. Damian Lillard told me tonight that he endorses Joe Cronin becoming the Blazers' full-time GM. Woo! Tell you what, because the, the wagons are circling, the venom is out, the world is against us. Newsbreakers are looking for chaos, and they are in absolute shambles right now. They are sick because, let's be honest, the business, the newsbreakers like Woj, the entire NBA collective community wants Portland to become a dumpster fire. They do. They're rooting for chaos. They are rooting for us to be an upheaval, right? All Not only does Terry Stotts get fired, done. That's one piece of the puzzle. That's one little Jenga out the, out the way. Then Neil O'Shea, the GM that was there when Dame gets drafted, he's gone. That's another Jenga out the way. Joe Cronin doesn't get hired. We had a new GM in. He makes makes way. All of the staff then get fired, don't they? Now he brings in Tayshawn Prince, brings in all the Memphis Grizzlies guys that he's working with right now. So everybody's gone. It's just a barren. It's like that meme where Will Smith walks into the house and nobody's there. That's now the Blazers. That's what they're rooting for. That's what they are rooting for because they want Damian Lillard to force a trade. Like, And this is the environment that forcing a trade creates. That's, that's the environment, right? You already see right now that this is the case because ESPN, right this second, you can go online. This is many weeks after Damian Lillard has gone on the record for the millionth time and said, hey, I don't want to leave Portland. I'm staying in Portland. And this is the headline on ESPN. Five big Damian Lillard trades. We want to see the Portland Trailblazers pursue. They want Dame gone. It's in their soul. They need it. It's what they need because the NBA – from a business perspective, is more fun when hometown heroes, small market stars, ask their way out, force their way to a huge market with a super team so that we can, for the rest of their career, shit on them for being disloyal. Does Damian Lillard have the same grit as he had in Portland now that he's a Los Angeles Laker? Up next on Undisputed. Like, you guys pushed this. You guys wanted this. He didn't even want to leave. You literally created all the environment. Woj went on the record to say Damian Lillard wants to get paid $300 million until he's 50 years old every year <laughs> so that he can make Damian Lillard look like an asshole so that whatever GM and the – oh, GMs are reluctant to come to Portland because they don't want to pay Damian until he's in a wheelchair – and Damien only wants to stay if he's in a wheelchair getting paid $250 million a year. So we got to get this motherfucker out. This is, I see what you're doing, you know? I see it. I see it so clearly in my head. So if you create, if the barber's gone, the GM's gone, the coach is gone, all the fucking players, because we're going to trade them, Yusuf Nurkic gone, CJ McCollum gone. Don't even get me started about the team with CJ McCollum. Don't even get me started about the tea that I have on that. Yusuf Nurkic gone. CJ McCollum gone. Anthony Simon's gone. 
Rocco, who cares about Rocco? But still, he's gone. Like, okay, so it's just everyone's gone. Is Dame even at fault if you ask for a trade at that point? The owner is changing ownership. She's going to be go- He's already dead. <laughs> Truthfully, he's gone. Like, he's dead. And sh- this sister is now handling the state. She's going to be selling the team. GM's gone. Coach is gone. Owner's gone. Coach is gone. Players are gone. Barber's gone. Like, the only thing really that's left is just the house, you know, the house and the city. And I get it. Like, it's more fun when a superstar is on a superstar market team. Like, when Randy Moss was on the Vikings, everybody's like, get him out of here. Like, he's so much better than this. And he is. Or, like, with Giannis and the Bucks, And everybody's like, God, Giannis. Giannis needs to get out of here. Milwaukee's never going to do anything. Milwaukee will. I mean, they did do things. They did much better than we did. They made put the pieces. They bought. They got Drew Holiday. You know, at least they did that. We could have had that. We had the first rights to Drew Holiday. The national press just calls these teams small market. And they say it with just this gross rancor. You know, like they just. Like, he would just be so much better as a Laker. He'd be so much better as a Patriot. He'd be so much better as a Yankee. And, like, fuck them. As somebody from Portland, Oregon, fuck those people because they don't want us to have nice things. We get a nice thing accidentally because we traded Gerald Wallace to the Nets and somehow ended up with the sixth pick in the draft. Like, we never are going to be good enough, or bad enough, excuse me, bad enough to get the sixth pick in the draft. Somehow, we luck into Damian Lillard from Weber State, and he's a superstar, and we got him. You know what? Fuck you guys. Fuck you, Sacramento, that you took Thomas Robinson. Fuck you guys that you passed over Dame. We got him. And he's okay staying with our gross team. He's fine with it. So stop pushing him out the door, you know? And Joe Cronin is our only chance of keeping Dame happy. In my opinion, Joe Cronin will keep him happy. Uh, Joe Cronin's been there since Damian Lillard was drafted. I think some semblance of consistency is important for Dame since everything around him is burning down to the ground into ashes. And you've got snakes in the grass trying to push him out, snakes in the grass trying to sully his reputation. And I don't think Tayshawn Prince or Sharif Abdul-Rahim or whoever the fuck they're circling the wagons around trying to hire is going to give Dame what he wants. Because if Dame has to start over in Portland, isn't it the same as starting over in another city? Like if everything changes in Portland, at least it's still the same fan base that supported him from day one. And loyalty, loyalty, loyalty is more important than anything else. And at least he knows where he's going. At least he knows how to get around. Like a small card. I'm in a villain and I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm in a villain and I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm in a villain and I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm in a villain and I'm feeling myself. Steph Curry. We finally can say it comfortably. We finally can say it with no clap back. He is the best three-point shooter to ever do it. We already knew that. But now nobody can say anything back to us on Twitter about it. Because it's just the case. It's just the case. We've got 3,000 threes already. Probably going to have another 1,500 to 2,000 by the end of this whole game. But according to Steph, he needed the record in order to say it with his chest because... You know, Steph. This is what he said. I'm comfortable saying I'm the best shooter in NBA history now. Finally. Damn right. 
The funniest thing to me is that they're chasing for the record. Uh, is that it completely derailed the season, like to a degree. Like not in a real way, but in a way that for those four games or three games or whatever it was, I mean, this team fucking looked terrible. Slump. As soon as Steph said, I should have known. As soon as Steph said, yeah, I might put 16 on Portland's head. <laughs> I might break the record 16 threes and also beat Clay's record while I'm at it. You had to know that other teams were going to take that personally. Yeah. Even an undermanned Portland Trailblazer team. No CJ. No Dame. No Anthony Simons. It's just Nasir Little rocking out with his just literally no one. And they put him in prison. They clamped him. They were like, oh, no, we're, we'll quadruple, we'll quintuple team you. I don't care who shoots the ball, but it's not going to be you. Like, listen, little frail kid. I know you put on 20 pounds of muscle. We do not care. You are way too small. I have a, I have a Serbian over here. I think he's Serbian. Is that right? Anyway, we have Yusuf Nurkic here, and he is a million pounds and seven feet one. You're going to get body checked all night. You're not breaking the record against us. And then every other team from then on is like, yeah, you're also not breaking the record against us. It became a thing. It became a thing where the entire team, the entire Warriors team was conspiring to get Steph the record, where they literally were just not running any of their offense. It looked like the Portland Trailblazers out there, truthfully. <laughs> they looked sick. They looked completely dysfunctional. It was just like, give the ball to Steph under every circuit. doesn't matter if he's double team, triple team. Like, if you have an open layoff, pass the ball to Steph. If you have a dunk, pass the ball to Steph. That's just the entire flow of the offense. Who cares about the beautiful game? Who cares about strength and numbers? It's about getting Steph the record. It's probably like pregame speech in the locker room. Like, listen, guys. We're six-point favorites tonight. Don't care about that. What we care about is the six threes that Steph needs. We need two in the first quarter. We need Steph to shoot 30 threes. I don't care if you're open. It goes to Steph. And it was gross. Betting on the Warriors was a sweat during that time, and I cannot wait to get past this because they have looked awful. Awful. The Blazers and Sixers blitz Steph. Hard to get shots. Even Kerr had to come out and was like, hey, I realize saying anything about the record and how we were conspiring to get Steph the record might not have been a great call. Like, I may have fucked us up a little bit given that. And, like, Steph even said, maybe, just maybe I shouldn't have, like, telegraphed it so obviously. Like, or I was just going to disrespect Portland or Philly. Like, Philly said, oh, we saw him coming to Philadelphia? He was not getting the record at our place. Like, no chance. That is incredible. But eventually, Steph got it. He only had two to go, and you knew he was going to get two. And the best place for him to get it, the best time for him to get it, considering that Del Curry spoke to Mark Stein about this, tremendous side story. He told the Golden State Warriors, Del Curry did, as, his, as Steph's surrogate, told Golden State, like, listen, you should just not even if, – if Steph's there, don't draft him. Like, we already have plans to go to the Knicks at 8. Like, we've already spoken to the Knicks. We want Steph to play in the garden. Like, don't even do that. Like, that's just not a good move for you. And Golden State said, respectfully, fuck you. We're, if Steph is there, we're taking him. And that's where his little ass will go. Like, that's what will happen. And Minnesota, of course, bumbled the bag like they typically do. 
taking Ricky Rubio and some other scrub. Uh, yep. Uh, what's that kid's name again from Syracuse? Doesn't doesn't no not waiters. Doesn't even matter, truthfully, because we, this is it's not Steph. Obviously, it wasn't Steph. Not Steph. Not even close to Steph. So, yeah, now they end up in the in the Warriors. So for that to be a full circle Knicks moment where Steph breaks the record with Ray Allen in attendance, with Reggie Miller in attendance, which they were not in attendance anywhere else. They come to the Garden. They know he can get two, two threes. <laughs> Steph can get two threes. That's light work. Let's get those two threes immediately, too, so that we can get about this game, so we can beat the Knicks by a million, which was hard for them to do. So we can we can get back to our warrior ways. Like let's do this little, uh, these like this whole coronation thing. You know, Steph's mom was there. Steph's dad was there. Steph's dad, tremendous look he's got now. A single Steph dad, single Dell. Oh God, he had this uh, this uh, you gotta look it up. He had this T-shirt on with a snake on it. <laughs> he had a snake on it. Black tee, kind of snug. Snug tea, you know, like single, single 50-something-year-old coming out, probably lives in Marina Del Rey now, because that's where all the, like, single men go, uh, the divorcees. So they say he got a snake on his chest, and then he's got a string bracelet on, and he's got a new S-curl. He's looking good. Probably got some implants, I think, and sitting nowhere near Sonia Curry. Got caught on the TV screen, checking out a hottie to his side, of course, doing his thing. He's a single man. That's what he can do. So he was there. Sonia was there somewhere close by, probably with Future or some rapper or something. She's fucking. So she's probably somewhere. I'm surprised they didn't show, like, some hot-ass R&B singer with her or something. Or some, like, thug-ass, like, 21 Savage or something near her. Because it's, like, probably perfect. Anyway, so they're there in attendance. Steph's. College coaches there in attendance. His high school coaches in attendance. Like everyone got the, everyone understood the assignment. You dig? Like come out, show out, and like be here for Steph. Steph gives the game ball to his dad. They shut the game down. As soon as he hit that three, whap, like literally it was like, da, na, 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 na. it was literally like so crazy. I've never seen that before. They stopped the game so that Steph could enjoy and soak in that, and soak, soak in that moment. Like I don't know if there's been any other record set or beat that got that level of fanfare but that just shows you how the NBA loves Steph like Steph is the golden boy of the NBA and I think Clay probably would give be given that treatment as well but Steph tremendous and the other funny thing about that moment was that you know Draymond Green is the number one player who has assisted to Steph in his career over 400, I think it's 438, at that point, 438 assists to Steph. No other player has come close. And then you have, so, like, obviously, the person who's going to assist Steph on his record-breaking three should be Draymond. Like, that's only right. And you know that clip's going to be played forever. Like, it's going to be set in memory in stone and just played on a loop. And then you've got Andrew Wiggins, who does it. Like, Andrew, not, the, the only thing Andrew Wiggins loves more than not passing <laughs> is making the moment about him, right? Like, Andrew Wiggins cares 
more, only more, about putting himself in the spotlight than he does an open layup for Andrew Wiggins. Like, so they pass, the ball goes to Andrew, right? And they're doing this normal set. Ball goes down. He's got an open look, like, right at the rim. And, and like a hot potato, he immediately cross-court above everyone, perfect pass to Steph. Like, where has that been, Andrew Wiggins' whole career? Like, it just shows you he has no intention, no desire to pass at all. But perfect skip pass to, to Steph for his record-breaking three. And even Andrew Wiggins said, I've never passed out of that set one time. <laughs> like, it's the only time in my career I've done that. Even Steve Kerr's like, we've ran that set hundreds of times. A very common set. Never happened one time. Like, that's the first time. Draymond Green, salty. He's like, listen, man. I was supposed to get that assist, Andrew. Speaking of not understanding the assignment, you can't get that. You don't even assist ever. You don't even have 10 assists in your career, Andrew Wiggins. You can't have the record-breaking assists. We got to stop that. I said to a friend, like, Steph should have missed that three on purpose. Andrew Wiggins, you can't give me that. I'm going to pass that back down to you, fam. No. No. Apparently, Steph gifted all of his longtime teammates with Rolexes for the record. He gave one to Iguodala and Clay, but obviously not to Wiggins. Wiggins was not going to give one. And, And so Draymond said, Wiggins never passes out of that play, never. Never. And so now we're going to see Andrew Wiggins on a loop for the rest of history. It's just going to be, who is that guy? I don't know. Who's that passing to Steph? Oh, yeah, you remember that Canadian that was like a big deal? He played for the Timberwolves. What was his name? That's what. That's where we're going to be with Wiggins. And so at this point, I think, what, Steph's going to have another 400 threes this year. If he plays another five years, he could have 1,500 threes on top of the current record which seems kind of impossible to to break. Another thing that's sort of amazing about this is that Steph, with Reggie Miller, kind of get a little bit wispy about this, with Reggie Miller, basically foreshadowed this was going to happen in 2014. Let's go to that. Can you catch Ray Allen? I hope so. I mean, that's uh, a test of longevity, consistency. Yeah. Um, I have a newfound appreciation for right. exactly what it takes to get to that level. Yeah. Um, you know, health. I mean, yeah, you got to be healthy. You got to have some great screen service. Yeah. You got to have, um, you know, guys that look for you, and you got to be able to make shots in, in, in all sorts of moments and all sorts mm-hmm. of ways. So. Um, I hope to. That's what I, I work every day to, to continue to, to you know, hone in on my skill. 3,000 made. Pause. Reggie Miller at this point does not believe he's going to break the record whatsoever. He said, hey, that's 3,000 threes, my G. And, and Steph's like, yeah, no, I know, I know the number. Uh, threes. Hopefully I'm playing long enough to get it done. 3,000 is the benchmark, Steph. That's what, that's, I got my eyes on it. Obviously, hopefully some, some championships come along the way, but that's, that's uh, that's the goal. Woo! 2014, five years into Steph's career, zero championships at that point. He had only had 900 made threes in five years. So he was only 30% of the way there. So at that rate, he would have had to play 15, 
15 plus, 15, 16 years in the league. And then he started on a heater, like 400 threes a year. And, you know, that's the story. That's history. And to me, it's it just shows you how incredible Steph's journey has been for him to go from the kid that everyone slandered out of Davidson where on Twitter they're saying, is he even good enough to be – does he even have the ball handling to be a point guard in the NBA? Like, is he big enough? Like, can he get his own shot? People were saying, can Steph get his own shot in the NBA? Like, people like uh, Doug Gottlieb, the joke that is Doug Gottlieb, was like, I think Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, that's who it was. And Johnny Flynn is a better player than Steph Curry. I think that's, that's where we're at now. To me, that's what made it so special. He hit the game, the game paused for him to slow down and savor the man that is... Steph Curry. No better place, no better moment than everyone who helped him there along the way uh, for that journey. Very, very cool. Apparently, also as an aside, Papa Del Curry uh, apparently shot his shot with uh, some Instagram thought and apparently nailed it. He posted it, he posed with IG thought Anna Cherie, the girl that we all saw him macking with in the game. And two of her quote-unquote friends, which are also like probably her cohort assassins to take down men. He went from being a meme to the most divorced man in America at the beginning of the game to like literally now he's getting Dan Bazarian memes in the span of like two hours. Like he's now return of the Mac in like... (laughs) So that just shows you like shooters never die. Like he was a sniper... As a hornet, sniper as a divorced 50-something-year-old, even with a snake t-shirt, shooters stay shooting, especially when they're named Curry. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Friday, early, squirrely morning, folks. We'll be talking about COVID. Sexy topic, funny topic. But we got to do it. It's for the people. Sometimes you have to eat your Brussels sprouts. We will see you morning, Friday morning. Please also follow us on TikTok at at this heat check and at Trista Crick. And we will see you early squirrely. I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm a West Coast bad boy. I'm represented. Trey, that's a bad toy. Is it rented? Hardy, hard, hard. Very funny. You don't hear my tummy. I guess my money. My stomach ain't growling. I'm styling and wilding. Drinking vodka straight. Fuck a Long Island.